Welcome to Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Life isn't perfect, nor is it easy, but it can be enjoyable, fulfilling, and purposeful if we choose to create it to be so. Monday Motivations is a quick and easy way to help you create the rich and fulfilling life you desire. Your host, Corey Mendoza, is a highly sought-after speaker, coach, and author, influencing professionals to get real, work less, and live more balanced lives. Each Monday, she interviews an expert in their field to find tips, encouragement, and inspiration for your personal and professional success. Monday Motivations increases your awareness of what you can do with your current situation. Your sense of empowerment will expand, fears, doubts, and worries will vaporize, and you will see more possibilities every day. Let's dig into the next episode of Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Welcome to Monday Motivations, 52 Weeks to a More Purposeful You. We are on week 22, which is honestly, it's my favorite. It's the pig story. And I'm so excited to have Scott Ostrode on the show. Uh, Scott, we met in like 2005 when I worked with your beautiful wife, Jen. And, um, And honestly, I give Jen first and you second credit to my life course change into becoming a coach because I think you came home and told Jen do you know anybody for that um, would be a good coach and she's like Corey and that was what in 2008 or 2009 wow has it been that long yeah yeah and the rest is history so um so yeah there yep So we've been friends a long time, and I'm excited for our viewers to um, hear from you on this topic. So a little bit about Scott. Um, He grew up and raised his family in the Sacramento area. His church family is important to him as well, supporting the community and international children's missions. Scott has been a licensed realtor since 1998. In 2003, he joined Keller Williams Realty. He's been named favorite realtor by Style Magazine five times. That's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) He's been recognized as the top realtor by the NSBIA three times. What does that stand for? The North State Building Industry Association. Okay, awesome. Um, And is consistently ranked in the top 0.2% of Keller Williams agents worldwide. He's recently recognized as being an elite agent in the Northern California and Hawaii region. So thank you for being on the show. It's kind of funny. Of course, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, you hear that intro. It's like, oh, lots of positives. Somebody wrote that. Most of, <laughs> most of it's probably true. All the good stuff. So <laughs> what did you think about this week's message, uh, Pig Story? Uh, it, w- it was really cool. And like we were sharing is I just got back from Orlando and one of the conversations I was in there had to do with going out and buying property, but not having the money to do it. Mm-hmm. So the, the connecting the dots through what the story was with having Mr. Disney have, and by the way, our conference was at Epcot, was at Disneyland. So I can, you know, continue to connect the dots here, but um, Mr. Disney having the desire to go raise this pig and had to figure out a way to do it without having the financial resources to do it. But he didn't let them, he didn't let that slow him down from his goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was me. 
I, I, I like was like, I want to raise a pig and I didn't have the resources and like, I'm just gonna find a way to make it happen. And uh, I mean, and the quote at the top is, if you can dream it, you can do it. And um, so, so have you, I'm sure you have, have there been times in your life where you had a dream and you take that first step or you make the commitment, but you don't know how everything's going to line up? Oh, yeah. I mean, several times, like, it's just kind of that step of faith, right? That if, if I, if I feel called to go in a certain direction, I don't need to know every step to get there. Um, but just taking that first step, mm-hmm. take that first step, let God take that first step, help, help you guide that first step, and then just trust that the rest of the path will illuminate. Mm-hmm. Um, when was the last time that you really remember that taking that step, like making a decision? Um, well, it's before we came on too, we were talking about mission trips and I just remember that first time doing that, which has now been, I guess maybe six years ago, seven years ago now. And, um, I had said no for a number of years. I just kept saying, not, not now it's too expensive. I'm too busy. The family's got things going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but when the mission trip got announced, uh, this was in a, this is probably in a November timeframe the the dates for the trip are going to correlate with my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's my sign. Like if, there's, if I need anything else, that was it. And I said, okay, you're going to finally say yes this time. And you're going to spend your 40th birthday out doing the thing that you've been putting off for the last several years. Wow. So, um, so was it like um, at church or where, where did you hear about the mission trip? Yeah. So what had happened was my mom had actually been with this, had gone on the same, um, with the same group a couple of years in the past, a couple of years prior rather. And she came back, great experience. Um, you know, my mom at that time was probably, gosh, late sixties, um, never been on a mission trip, totally out of her comfort zone. Um, and it's like, wait, she had the faith, the courage to go do this thing. What's my excuse. And the, the, the missionary that leads that team happened to be at church that weekend, speaking up on stage talking about an upcoming trip and it's like okay I've said no for long enough like like I just gotta I just gotta do it I I just gotta do it and it was um I just haven't looked back since then I guess yeah so um so how long from the time that you thought about like oh maybe I should go or I want to go until you actually pulled the trigger well I mean I think when my a couple of years is probably on that particular example. It took a couple of years to finally, um, to finally say yes to the opportunity. And then once I said yes to the opportunity, then everything changed from there. My perspective on it's changed. Uh, and it's just been, had I, had I, had I put it off or had I not said yes at that point, I kind of think what would have happened? What was your perspective before? And what was your perspective after? How do you mean? Um, your perspective, you said you're from going on that first trip, your perspective changed. So what yeah. was your perspective? I'm sure that's probably a big question because there's probably a lot of areas. Well, I, here's the deal. You go on the trip, not, not really knowing what to expect. Um, you have kind of an outline of knowing what you're going to do, but you don't really know until you go what it's going to be like. And I came out of that trip, um, ready for the next one. And in fact, the, the, the leader for that trip was at a point of kind of retiring from leading these groups. And so she said, okay, Scott, we're going to pass the battalion to you. 
but the pass the baton to you rather. And um, so subsequently in the years, the years going forward now, um, I've had the pleasure of building the teams to get down there with help, you know, with co-leaders and whatnot, but I've been putting together the teams that go down there each year. And um, yeah, it, who would have thought after going on one trip that it would lead to all these other ones going for, going forward. Wow. And how many years have you been doing this? So I, well, I just turned 47. So this well, I was indirectly asking how old you were. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I just I just turned 47 at the start of this month. So it's been seven years and um, get ready to take a group down there uh, this summer. So I guess I did I, I a trip. I guess it must be trip seven. then. yeah. Yeah. So trip seven. So you go once a year. Yeah. And the cool thing with this is that um, so my mom, my mom was the inspiration uh, to get me to say yes. And then, you know, you know, my daughter, Kasten, um, she has a passion for, for kids and for ministry, but specifically around medicine. And um, so she actually joined me. So this is going to be her, this will be her fourth or fifth year going with me. So my mom started this legacy, planted the seed, then that, you know, uh, that got me to say yes, that now got Kasten to say yes. Um, and actually Peyton joined us down there. My son joined us down there a couple of years ago too on a on a separate kind of trip that overlapped with ours. They went down to do some coffee ministry. But um, yeah, the, the, the legacy continues. Okay, so like I'm getting inspired on like, there's all these little uh, messages in this message. One is um, just how much our lives matter. Like how you said your mom inspired you. Like just how many of us when we're playing small and we're not taking risks and we're not taking that step of faith it's not even so much about how is it limiting our lives but it's also how many lives around us could we be building when we take that that step that's right and you'll and you never know that impact uh, like the, the the doctor that started this organization is a, a surgeon from the east coast named dr jeff rice and he always likens it to dropping a pebble in the pond that if you put the pebble in the pond and the ripples go out and you, you don't know exactly where those ripples go, but just having that first person to, to throw that rock or throw that pebble into the pond, then the impact that has just goes out and goes out and goes out and goes out and will not know exactly who was touched. I mean, when we're there, the, to see the eyes light up and the care being given and, and bringing people to, to Christ, um, we see some of that in the moment, a little bit, but the true kingdom impact, we won't know until we get to the other side. And um, it's pretty exciting. Mm. Um, I'm taking a class right now on the problem of suffering and evil. And we had a really big discussion yesterday about um, injustice and, um, and just, and it ended up being like really big topics, you know, hmm. We even dabbled in like socialism and capitalism for like five minutes, um, <clears throat> maybe more like two. But but how has going on these mission trips um, influenced your perspective, you know, living in the wealthiest country in the world and then California, Northern California, I mean, El Dorado County, like how how has it changed you? I'm curious because I've never been on a mission trip. Yeah, and, and I think I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because, you know, we, we go or the first time going down there, it's like, you know, 
I'm going to do all these great things. I, I've, I'm going to make this huge impact. And the reality is once you say yes and you go on something like this, yeah, you do make an impact there locally, but it's the impact really it makes on you. Um, and you use that word perspective earlier. It's the perspective you bring back that, you know, we're blessed to live where we are. I, I wouldn't trade where had the opportunity to raise our family. Um, there's no two ways around it. And Colorado Hills, is the bubble. Um, it's a very, it's, you know, you go out, get outside of our little town here, even getting into Sacramento and, you know, but let alone anywhere else in the world, it makes you really, um, take pause on, on what we have, the opportunities we've been given. Um, but to put it through the eyes of the local people there, you've never seen joy on faces the way you do in a third world country. The, just the, the, the smiles, the laughter, the welcoming, the inviting, um, all of that, like they're, they just have such joy that um, they, they don't, it's almost like they don't know what they don't have. And because they don't have all the distractions of the Western world, they get to focus on things that are much more important. Mm. I, I saw Bob Goff has a new book out, Undistracted. Mm. It's, it, I don't think it's, I think it gets released like March 11th or 12th, but um, how, like, I'm really curious what it's like for you to go there, you know, see all this. And then when you come back, how quickly do you find yourself like forgetting the differences or I'm just, I'm curious, what's that experience like? Yeah, it's a really good question. So before I answer that, though, so typically on these trips, we read a we read a book, we read some sort of devotional type book that kind of bonds the trip. On that very first trip, we read Love Does. Oh, so, so just tying it back to, to Mr. Goff. But um, yeah, so we, I, I've learned and I actually kind of I talk with the team before we leave and just before we come before we go on the trip and then just before I return back to the States, it's to say, um, you guys, you all just had an amazing experience. You, you saw things, you're touched by things. Your spouse wasn't there. Mm. Your kids weren't there with you. Your coworkers weren't there with you. Your friends weren't there with you. And you can't hold them responsible for that. Uh, you, you're coming back a changed person maybe, but the people that were still back in El Dorado Hills, they kept living their life the same way. Mm-hmm. And so you really do have to bring back some grace on that. And not be like, oh, I remember Kasten saying um, after one of the trips, she got back and one of her girlfriends, um, who's probably a freshman in high school at the time or something, was complaining because she didn't get like the latest iPhone, right? Some, something like something like that. And Kasten's like, you don't understand because I just did these things where people are just, they just want medicine. They just want food. And you're worried about the, getting the new iPhone. Um, but she held back from that conversation. That was, those, those are the thoughts in her head, but she didn't express them because she knew it was like, okay, it's just different. Like that person didn't happen to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then human nature creeps in and you know, you, you come back all gung-ho um, and then you slide and then you slide a little bit more and you slide a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, which I think is the importance of going back every year or serving in some capacity on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of re- you know, bring yourself back to that time. Mm-hmm. When are you guys going again? We leave uh, the last week in June. So June, June 24th to July 2nd this year. Okay. Um, we still have a couple spots left, Corey. We don't know. We never know. Maybe it's, I don't know. 
I got two years. It took you two years. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that. Oh. I'll remember that. Well, you can you can bug me. Who do you know that might be interested on going on a mission trip? That's right. There's one maybe somebody in your maybe somebody in your audience will hear this today and it'll yeah. spark something for them. And, and by the way, like I, I'll say this is missions aren't for everybody. Um, no. say definitely. An international mission isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's opportunities to serve in your backyard. There's opportunities just to serve literally next door, going and just being a neighbor, you know, knock on a neighbor's door and see what their needs are. Um, so it, it's not for everybody, but I do think we all, we all are called to serve in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And if that's your spiritual gift to go on a journey like this, by all means, go after it. Don't deny it. Mm -hmm. But we're all, we're all made to serve. And so where is it that you can serve? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we kind of started dabbling in the, okay, you go there, your perspective changes, and then you come back home. Like, what's it, how long, well, I'm assuming eventually you sort of kind of forget the perspective. Is there like a, about like, what, what would you say is the average time frame before you're back in the Western perspective? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's a great question. I had to kind of think about that for a second, but probably in that kind of four to five month period. Um, so I'll tell you. So, so traditionally or in the past, I would take I would go to teams in February, and this year, uh, as like last, we went in June. So one of our groups just got back. They were they were there. Um, in fact, they just got back two days ago. Um, and so I'm seeing their pictures, I'm seeing what they're doing and I'm jealous, right? Like, ah, I, I wish I was, I wish I was there now. So I do have those little sparks that bring me back mm -hmm. because you see the photos. Um, and then, and then over time too, we've made relationships with people in country. And so even throughout the year, and this is one of the benefits of, of technology and whatnot is that we, we can stay in touch electronically, um, instant message and, and uh, WhatsApp and whatnot, just so we can communicate back and forth, check in on each other, how things going in the family, how things going in town, what their needs are. So the connection is, has grown over time with that. So that kind of keeps me um, in touch throughout the year, but there's just no substitute from being face-to-face, -face, belly to belly with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so got, kind of going back to the ripple effect and the there's always something we can do. Um, what do you think are some simple things we can do on a daily basis to um, stay, you know, keep, keep a perspective of the diversity in this world. So um, if there uh, is such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like I was sharing, we, we just got back from our national conference in Orlando and I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, with an author by the name of Sean, it's not anchor. It's Sean. Accord. Oh yeah, Sean Ar Archer, the Happiness Advantage. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, he was the keynote speaker. Oh my gosh, it's, does uh, it talk like super fast? What's uh no? Well, maybe. I mean, no, average speed, average okay. speed. But what he was he was talking about? So talking about the happiness part of it, he was talking about just the the positive people go further in life. Um, being optimistic. The optimists are more are more successful, and he and it got to this point about doing gratitude, and he challenged all of us to on a daily basis write down three things that we were grateful for, 
in the last 24 hours. Mm. So which that thing about doing it in the last 24 hours, it was what stood out to me because I get in these patterns or I had many patterns in the past, right? I have my journal out in the morning and I'm writing gratitude. God, thank you for my breath. Thank you for this house. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my health. And all those things are important, but said every time they, they don't have the same impact on the brain as really searching back to what am I grateful for? What happened in my life in the last 24 hours that I could be grateful for? Mm -hmm. So that each time you're having to come up with each day, having to come up with something new to write down mm -hmm. gratitude towards. Mm -hmm. And then the second challenge with it was on a daily basis, sending out either an email or a text or being so bold to have a phone call and expressing gratitude to somebody mm. and building the habit of doing that. He said, if you were to do, do, you know, do the journaling daily for, for three weeks and do the text message or the phone call email for three weeks, mm -hmm. what would happen? Mm. That makes me think of, um, so I do a lot of work um, in large organizations where it's employee engagement is an issue or a, a need. And um, so one of the things, a friend of mine who does the same work, she just sent me a little Instagram reel. And it was about um, since the pandemic and everybody, you know, working from Zoom at home, um, the idea is you ask your employees, what's one thing you did today or what's one thing you did this week that made a difference for our company because oh, wow. right because it's like when we're out of sight out of mind it's it's hard even on your teams at the office you know kw roseville right it's like there's you know the number one reason people leave organizations is that they don't feel appreciated but sometimes it's hard to appreciate in this current climate of not being in person as much and so when you said that about sean archer i was like oh yeah that's kind of another way to do it well and what, what he shared too was a lot of people have enthusiasm and do it day one day two day three he said the turning point is day eight because we all probably have three or four people we can reach out to and feel comfortable with the, the ones that are top of mind you know the kids the parents your spouse your best friend, some of your coworkers, but you get to day eight and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I ran out of, who, who else is there? Yeah. And you gotta start think, searching out like, okay, well, maybe it was my college roommate or my best friend from high school or who knows? The post but the challenge, yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. So that flip is that if you can get past day eight, your brain really has to start thinking about who else out there in the world could you do it to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man, this has been so awesome. We, we've kind of um, incorporated a lot of different things. You know, we started with um, just going for it. You know, not we don't have to know what are all the resources, but if if we just go for something, kind of like in the pig story, and and you're positive and you're resourceful, the the solutions will come. I'm sure there's lots of stories of people on your mission trips that. They're like, I don't know how I'm going to get off work or I don't know how I'm going to. And, and then it's just like you just take it one step at a time. And um, right. then we kind of talked about, you know, you matter, you know, how your mom, your mom has sparked all of all this change in so many people's lives. I mean, seven years later here, you're still going. Yeah. And um, so. You know what? As we start to close down this conversation, what what are 
what's kind of on your heart? I always ask people, our guests, um, one last question of like, what advice would you give to yourself or others? Um, so I'm going to kind of rephrase it of what, what do you feel on your heart would be the core message that you would want people to remember from our discussion today? Um, I would just say when you feel called in a certain direction, don't be afraid to say yes. And, I, and, I, and sometimes that can be confusing because you could maybe hear some mixed messages in your head uh, or, you know, just how our brains are wired sometimes. But if you feel like you're being called in a certain direction, occupationally, relationally, mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be, take a step, mm-hmm. take a step in that direction and see where God meets you with that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to that spot and then look for another opportunity. What well, is there another step here? Mm-hmm. So sometimes the idea is it's okay to be still. You're not, you don't always have to be, be moving forward. There's times, there's times of rest. There's times of, of being content in the space you're in. But if you feel that you're drawn in some, in some direction, put yourself out there, take a step of faith and then see what fate, what, see what steps follow from there. Mm, I love it. Yep. Cause we never know if we're just going to be sitting in our comfort zone, playing it safe. So growth happens when you're uncomfortable, Corey. That's right. And it, and it all started with you telling me about coaching. Now look almost, I think 13 years later. I'm still waiting for my residual check, but maybe you have the well, wrong address. Maybe you're royal, royalties but. from the book, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there you um, go. Um, okay, so let's see. What else do we have? Um, oh, um, so, you know, uh, people can find you at, well, you have a hilarious, a lot of hilarious social media stuff about real estate. And just, I think people should just be your friend on Facebook because- <laughs> You really have funny, engaging posts. I'm always responding to them. And Scott has a ton of humor. So if you want to laugh, definitely follow him on Facebook. But then um, do you have like a website or people can reach you at your email? I think that's what you want. Yeah, to any of the above is fine. Um, you know, the, the email is just my name. It's scott at teamostro.com. Um, and the website's the same, just teamostro.com. And yeah, we have fun on Facebook. We we are, uh, we, we're not afraid to make fun of ourselves, um, just kind of put ourselves out there and just kind of be authentic in that way. If you can't, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you're not doing things right. So true. And then what about if anybody's interested in learning more about your mission trips? Reach yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, just send me, send me an email. Um, like I said, the foundation that we support is called Rice Foundation. Okay. Their website is just ricefoundation.us. You can find out more about who they are there, or if you just want a personal testimony about what they do, um, I'm happy to share that with you. Awesome. Well, we didn't plan on it being about mission trips, but that's the direction it was supposed to go. So I guess so. Yeah. So, okay, everyone, thank you so much. And next week, week 26, we're going to have the topic will be prevail. So if anybody needs some inspiration on resilience and overcoming, you definitely want to come back. So have a great week. Thanks, Corey. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Did this conversation spark something in you? Did you have an aha moment? Share it with us by writing a review on this episode on your podcast player. Help us get the good news out in the world and help others find this podcast by giving it a five-star review. And be sure to subscribe to the Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza podcast to not miss the next episode. To learn more about Corey and her brand, Volition, 
visit choosevolition.com.